0: Um, on Mother's Day, I want to say uh, happy Mother's Day to my American mom. I think, I think maybe you helped me pick up this tie uh, when we got it. And uh, probably my Canadian mum. There's moms in, in the United States, there's mums in Canada, so happy Mother's Day to my mum who's probably watching or will be at some point. Uh, here's a ... I think somebody wrote this, it was anonymous. Uh, it's a, it's a take maybe on First Corinthians chapter 13, written from the perspective of, of a mother. Let me read it to you. If I live in a house of spotless beauty, with everything in its place, but have not love, I am a, home, I am a housekeeper, not a homemaker. If I have time for waxing, polishing, and decorative achievements, but have not love, my, child, my children learn cleanliness, not godliness." Love leaves the dust in search of a child's laugh. Love smiles at the tiny fingerprints on a newly cleaned window. Love wipes away the tears before it wipes up the spilled milk. Love picks up the child before it picks up the toys. Love is present through the trials. Love reprimands, reproves, and is responsive. Love crawls with the baby, walks with the toddler, runs with the child, then stands aside to let the youth walk into adulthood. Love is the key that opens salvation's message to a child's heart. Before I became a mother, I took glory in my house of perfection. Now I glory in God's perfection of my child. As a mother, there is much I must teach my child, but the greatest of all is love. Uh, we're going to look at a mother this morning uh, in the scripture from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1. So you can uh, turn, with me, uh, turn with me there and uh, we're going to pray together and then look at this together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, mothers this morning. We thank you for uh, their influence in our lives. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the, the love that they share. And as we turn to your word this morning and, and look at uh, a mother named Hannah, and the challenges she faced, and, and how you saw her through. Lord, I pray that uh, uh, mothers here would be encouraged this morning. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, the first eight verses together. Uh, there was a certain man of Ramathem Zophim, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zaph and Ephrathite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of Hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the, Lord had not, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. And as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart so sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons?" So we're just jumping here this morning into the book of uh, 1 Samuel. This is the, the period of the judges, the nation of Israel. Um, had been delivered from Egypt under the leadership of Moses. And then uh, Joshua took them into the promised land. There was a time of conquest. And then there was a, a period of time in the, in the history of the nation of Israel, somewhere around 300 years, where judges ruled. There was no king. There was no uh, official government. But there was a, uh, the, each, each uh, clan was in their, their own region. And there would be uh, judges that would rule over them. Um, and so, this is when the prophet Samuel was born, and it was, uh, it was not a time of rest. It was a tumultuous time for the people of Israel, and, and there, was a, there was a cycle that they experienced. And so, um, the, the cycle would be this, there would be a time of disobedience against God, and because of the disobedience of the nation, the nation would be judged, and then because of the judgment, the people would repent and cry out to God. God would hear their cries, he would raise up a judge, and the judge would deliver the nation of Israel to live in some sort of uh, renewed commitment to God, relative peace in the land, only uh, for the people to fall back into disobedience and start the cycle over and over again. Multiple times in the book of Judges, there's this little phrase that says, and the people did what was right in their own eyes. And this, this was not a compliment for the people of Israel. And so this is the time that, that, uh, that we are, uh, where this story takes place that we're looking at uh, this morning. And so uh, let's, let's, uh, let's just look at it. We're looking at the, uh, this, this family we're told about. There's uh, Elkanah, the husband, Hannah and Peninnah, the wives. And uh, it, it tells of, uh, of their family experience, and, and as we look at their family experience this morning, uh, we're going we're to pull three things uh, from this text, and here's what they're going to be. Uh, one, we need to turn to God in our time of need. Uh, we, need to be a, we need to be promise keepers, and the fact that children belong to the Lord. Those are the three things we're going to look at. So uh, Samuel's born into this family. Uh, Elkanah was a Levite, which means he was, uh, uh, the, the Levites did not, were not given land, so they were spread out in, in, in various areas. So this uh, Elkanah and his family lived in the hill country of Ephraim, it says. So um, they, they served the people in, in their town, and there was an annual feast at Shiloh. And so the, the account here is that, that the family would go to this annual feast. Elkanah would do his sacrifices there. Uh, and it appears like this is a, a religious uh, family, a family that was doing their best to follow uh, the instructions of God. And, and right, right away in, in verse 2, we see uh, that, there's, that there's some issues. Uh, it says, Elkanah, he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, uh, but Hannah had none. Uh, so there's, there's, there's trouble because of this, and, and it's interesting, uh, I've, I've been told before, well, what's wrong with polygamy? Bible tells of uh, f- men that had more than one wife, and I would, uh, this would be a great chapter to take someone to who, who wants to present that argument, and uh, we could say, just because the Bible records something as a historical fact does not mean it's condoning it. And in fact, in this account, we're going to see uh, why this was just not a good idea and really gave uh, Elkanah trouble. Um, so, verse 4 is where we start to see this, this trouble. Verse 3, uh, this man, he would go up year by year to worship, to sacrifice. He would appear to be devout to the Lord. Um, but in ver- verse 4, says, uh, on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Pena- uh, Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah... you you don't even need to have the rest of the verse to know something's about to happen right he's he, he he's giving food he's giving a portion to Penina to her her children multiple sons and daughters but to Hannah it says he gave a double portion any problem with that that'd probably go over pretty well right and so there's conflict between these two wives uh, quite possibly Hannah, a, a lot of uh, commentators believe Hannah was probably his first wife, and when she was unable to bear children that he would have taken a second wife with the hopes of having children. So uh, there's this rivalry um, that is described here. It actually says that Panina was Hannah's rival, and that Panina would irritate her. Verse, verse 6. Uh, Hannah was given the double portion. Elkanah loved her. She couldn't have children. Uh, Peninnah used to provoke Hannah grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Man, we can be mean, can't we? And this is what's, what's happening here. At, at, the, at, at the time in, in this culture, a woman's value was based on two things. One was she married. If she was married, then she started to have value as a as a as a human. And then, if she was able to bear her husband' children, then she really had value. Now, that's not that's not good. That's not right. But that's the way that it was. And so Hannah was shamed, and Panina would just let her have it. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Kind of behind closed doors, it was it was uh, it was not a good thing. And it's really interesting, it sounds innocent enough, she had a rival, used to provoke her grievously to irritate her. So um, I just looked at each of these words, rival, provoke, grievously, irritate, like I'm just trying to figure out like how bad was this? So um, all, good, all good translations, there was a rivalry, Panina was the instigator, she just let, let her have it, but this word irritate. Uh, literally means thunder. So she Panina provoked Hannah until Hannah was ready to thunder, or could could be translated rage. Not a, not a friendly situation that Hannah was, was dealing with. Uh, she had this, this rival wife who enraged her and, and did it on purpose, not inadvertently. But intentionally uh, sought to irritate her, to uh, cause her to come to rage, come to a point where she was just ready to thunder. Hannah, unable to have children, Panina irritating her to the point of rage. But don't worry, she has a husband. Hannah's to the point where she was weeping and would not even, even want to eat. But her husband, though, Elkanah, in verse 8, says to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why don't you eat? Why is your heart so sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? Now, I don't know how that went over in that culture. I know how that would go over today. Poor um, Poor Hannah. So my, my question to the moms this morning, do you, do you have hurts that you're holding on to? Do you have worries that are, are just intense? Do you have people that just cause your skin to boil? You have a husband that tries to help, but just doesn't always get you? I'm, I'm one of those husbands. So, so where's, what's Hannah to do? So like today, if you find yourself in that situation, you can buy a book and read it. Uh, you can uh, go to YouTube and find a pastor that's preaching about it. You can listen to a podcast. You can hire a counselor. What, what, did, what did Hannah have? No Christian radio to listen to an interview on on the subject matter. So Hannah did what she, the only thing that she could do, she turned to God. And that's what we need to learn to do today. Turn to God in our time of need. So verse 9 says this. Actually, before I read verse 9, let me read to you Psalm 18, verse 6. And this is what David uh, uh, said after... Uh, he defeated the Philistines. It can be found in Second Samuel chapter 22. It's also in Psalm 18. Psalm 18 verse 6, David says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came to him even to his ears. He called out to the Lord, and the Lord heard him. And we see Hannah doing the same thing. After they had eaten, verse 9, and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord, and she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. So Hannah went to the, essentially went to the church, got down there on the steps of the, the church, the temple door, the, the tabernacle there, and she prayed to God. She was weeping. She was beside herself. Nowhere else to go. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli, this is the priest, observed her, observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. And her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away. And Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. Imagine being so troubled, pouring out your heart to God, weeping, probably uncontrollable sobbing, so much so that someone looked at her and thought, man, she's drunk. And Hannah says, no, no, no. I'm calling out to to God in my time of need. I'm a woman troubled in spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I've been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. When we have these deep hurts, worry, stress, anxiety, anxiety, Issues of life, we need to be like Hannah and, and call out to the Lord. Moms today, even with, a, with a, some raising kids with a husband, maybe doesn't always get it. Maybe raising kids without a husband, we can call out to God. This is what Eli said to her in verse 17. Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. I believe that God wants us to pour out our hearts to him, just in the same way that Hannah did. Unashamedly, holding nothing back, just letting him know everything that's on our hearts and on our minds. Scripture says that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence who gives to us during our time of need. I think that's an amazing picture, a throne of grace. So picture God sitting on a throne, the throne is made up of grace, undeserved favor. And we call out to God, not because we deserve his favor, but because he gives it to us when we don't deserve it. We're to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. We're to present our requests to God with thanksgiving and He'll give us peace that surpasses all understanding. And so this is what we see Hannah doing. Verse 11, I think it's interesting, she, she's making a deal with God, essentially. God, if you give me a child, I'll give him to you. Now I, I wouldn't suggest this morning that uh, God's like a, a vendor down at the farmer's market that you can offer to make a deal. Look, I've got, I've got, uh, I've, I've got this that I'll give to you, if you'll give to me, we'll, we'll make a deal. But I think that in her desperation, she was willing uh, to do anything that it would take uh, for her prayer to be answered. So she's calling out to God in desperation. God doesn't need a good deal in order to give us his grace and his mercy. He just wants all of us. So Eli responds in verse 17. He doesn't say, it will be done. I think this is Eli saying, let me agree with you in prayer. He says, go in peace. The God of Israel grant your petition that you have made. I'm praying alongside with you, Eli said. I'm praying that God will give you what you have asked for. And I think that's a great thing that we can do for people today, is when they're hurting, when they're crying out to God, when they have a need to say to them, you know what, I will pray with you about that. It's what you guys did for us this week with Court. Turn to God, in your time of need. And just really interesting in verse 18, Eli said to her, I'm gonna pray that God will grant your request. And look what it did for Hannah in verse 18. She said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. And she went on her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. The encouragement that she had somebody praying for her allowed her to go back and eat and to be encouraged and to, um, and to go on her way no longer sad want to keep, keep going here. Turn to God in your time of need, but also need to be a promise keeper. Moms, you need to be women of your word. Verse, uh, verse 21. The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer... Um, excuse me, I just, I just jumped, a, I just jumped a, a verse. Verse 19. "'They rose early in the morning, worshiped before the Lord, then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord.'" Samuel uh, means the Lord hears. So she prayed to God, God heard her prayer, and they have a son. So, verse 21, the man Elkanah, it's a year later now, and all his house, went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, as soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he will appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. So, basically, Elkanah said, look, it's time for the feast. Are you bringing bringing Samuel? And she said, well, he's just a year old. You know, she's helping her husband along here. We can't bring him at a year old. We're going to bring him but let me wean him first. Elk and her husband said, do what seems best to you. Wait here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. When she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull and uh, an epa of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. They slaughtered the bull And they brought the child to Eli, and she said, "'Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, "'I am the woman who was standing here in your presence "'praying to the Lord. "'For this child I prayed, "'and the Lord has granted me my petition "'that I made to him. "'Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. "'As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord.'" Every time I read this story, I'm really amazed you know, Hannah was in a, in a moment of desperation when she said, God, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. And so now the rubber meets the road. She said she would give the child to the Lord if she, if she was blessed to have a child. The Lord gave her a child. Would she keep her word? And we see here that Hannah keeps her word with no guarantee of the future, this, they're, they're, the scripture doesn't mention any, any other sons or daughters to this point, we know that she has Samuel, and she gave her son Samuel to Eli the priest to be raised in the temple of the Lord, to dedicate him to the service of the Lord. She kept her word with no guarantee for the future. We need to be people of our word. Bill Howe was uh, telling me here recently they're selling their house, they're buying a new house, and they went to look at this house, and um, uh, the, the the gentleman had it listed. And Bill said to him, "And this is maybe just the short version. You want to get it from Bill." Bill said to him, "I'll buy it. I'll give you your, your asking price or or something. I don't know what the price was." And they shook hands on it, and uh, so they had to get everything worked up, and you know, a in process. So Bill, you still need guys to help you move. If you want to help Bill move, he's, he hasn't moved yet. So, but the story goes like this. The, the, as they've been working through this process, the guy came back to Bill and said, you know, after you left, another person came and looked at the house. And he offered me a lot more than you offered me. And he said, I already shook on it. I gave a man my word. It's already sold. No contract was written up at the time. And I said to Bill, when Bill told me this story, I said, I need friends like that. That's the kind of people we need to be. If we say we're going to do something, we need to follow through and do it. And this is what Hannah did. She said to the Lord, I will give you, I will dedicate my child to you. And she did it. No guarantees. But this is what we do see. She kept her word, and she, not only was she blessed, but Samuel grew up to be a blessing to the nation of Israel. Uh, Look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2 with me, verses 18 through 21. This is, uh, uh, we we just jumped ahead a little bit. This is in, in the future. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod. And his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year. And when she, went up with her, when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice, so they would continue to go to Shiloh, they would see him at least once a year, she'd bring him a new outfit. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, that, may the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord, so they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. So we see Hannah being blessed with three sons and two daughters. And we see Samuel being blessed by growing up um, in the service and in the presence of the Lord. And Samuel would go on to uh, anoint Saul king. He would go on to anoint David king and be used mightily of God in the nation of Israel. So Hannah cried out to God in her time of need. She kept her word. She kept the promise that she made, and this is what Hannah knew, children belong to the Lord. Uh, Back in in, uh, chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, when she took took Samuel back to Eli uh, with the sacrifices, uh, she, she brought Samuel, and she said in verse 27, for this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made. To him, Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord, or I have given him to the Lord, or I have dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent, or given, or dedicated to the Lord. We all need to be reminded of this, that children belong to the Lord. Whether you have little children, whether you have uh, adult children grandchildren, maybe, maybe no children this morning, but children belong to the Lord. So, so mothers, let me encourage you. Whether your child is here with you this morning, or they're far away in another state, another country, whatever the, the nature of your relationship is, whether you're close with your child, or right now you're distanced with your child, however old your child is, whether they are young or whether they are old, they belong to God. As much as as God loves you, and you you know, you're confident in the fact God loves you, you're made in His image, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, so are your children. And He is caring for them in the same way that He is caring for us this morning. Children are amazing gifts from God. They can be stress-inducing, they can be frustrating. We only have them for a short period of time, but they belong to God. If you believe this morning that you belong to God, you can believe this morning that they belong to God. If you can trust God with your life, you can trust God with their life. And we're to be good stewards of what God has given to us, and we should have the same attitude of, that Hannah had. God gave them to me, they're really his. I give them back to, to God. Psalm one night, uh, excuse me, 139, verse 13 says, for you, created me in my, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Moms, let me encourage you this morning that God loves your children even more than you do. And he'll care for them in the same way that he cares for you. We need to turn to God in our time of need. We need to keep our promises. We need to realize that children belong to the Lord. Why don't you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for this this account of Elkanah and Hannah. And uh, Hannah's really the star of the show as she... Uh, gives us an example of, of just being wholly committed to you, uh, recognizing that uh, her help doesn't come from anywhere else uh, but you. And it would seem to us that she had less places to turn than we have today. And, and we get satisfied with uh, so many uh, counterfeit solutions when really, God, we need to turn to you and we need to c- cry out to you in prayer. And so, God, I pray that we would uh, take from this this morning that we need to uh, cast our cares on you because you care for us. Lord, I pray that we would um, resolve this week to be people of our word, Uh, that just as Hannah followed through on her promises with no guarantee of the outcome, that we would follow through on the things that we say that we'll do. Uh, Lord, we we count on you to follow through with the things that you say in your word. I pray that we would imitate you and follow through with the things that we say that we would do. And Lord, help us just to have a a clear understanding uh, of this idea that our children really belong to you. You have given them to us for a period of time. We are to be good stewards. We are to love them. We are to train them. We are to raise them. We are to prepare them uh, so that they can live their lives in service to you. Help us to do that well. Lord, I pray for each mom that is uh, here with us this morning. Uh, would she be encouraged? Would she be loved today? Because uh, you love her, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're gonna uh, call, call the moms to the front here in just a minute, but we're gonna uh, share some of these flower baskets. Um, and so I'm gonna need... Uh, I'm going to need four, four young people, four teenagers or young adults that would come up to the front. And you guys can come up. But I'll start calling names if we don't get volunteers. Uh, so four, four young people to come up to the front and help me with this. But we're going to give uh, out five of these baskets, and then we have begonias for all the moms here this morning. Um, so let's do this. Uh, let's give a basket to, a mo- to the mother with the youngest baby this morning all right so if you have if you've got a, a child who's two years or younger would would you would you stand two years or younger anybody got a baby two years or younger it's here this morning oh, wow we got okay we got four anybody we got um we've got abby and marissa and jordan and hannah oh and we oh, look at that we've got uh katie at the back you know you're you're you're, you're you're uh, putting yourself at risk when you start using names because then you got to make sure you get them all. All right, so 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 we've got two years or younger. Any moms here with a baby one year or younger? Katie at the back. All right, Katie, come up or send Bo up here. that's the youngest that's the youngest baby so glad that Ezra's here with us this morning Uh, let's give let's give a basket to the oldest mother to the oldest mother so if you are let's we'll start young if you are 60 years or older and you are a mother why don't you stand up be a bunch of you you are 65 65 stay standing if you are 70 years old and a mother look at these 75 years old boy i am i am i am excited i, I look forward to the day when i'm 75 and uh, going as strong as these ladies Jeannie's here in the front too okay if what did i say we're at 75 77 Seventy-seven and a mother. Let's jump right to eighty. We got, we've got, we've got several. We've got, we got about six. Wow. Okay, eighty-two years old. Eighty-three years old. Eighty-five years old. Miss Louise is sitting down. We got Joyce and Mary Lou. How old are you, Mary Lou? We have one more over here. Joan. And Seal. Okay. Let's go to 87. How old, Mary Lou? 87. Seal? I couldn't hear. 92. And Joyce? 89. Oh, who's in the... Ma'am, how old are you? 93. I think our basket's coming right here in the middle. Why don't you, why don't you, would you like pink or yellow? Pink, gourd pink. Yeah. He had to ask me, is this pink? <laughs> All right, let's give, a, uh, let's give a basket to the mother who has the most children with her here this morning. All right, in the building. Do we have, uh, let's start with three children. If you're a mother and you have three children with you in the building this morning, you can stand up. Oh, we've got several. All right, uh, four children. Got four children with them this morning. We have any we have five with them this morning? Hannah, how many do you have? Hannah's got six with her. Okay, we got pink or yellow, Hannah. What color would you like, Hannah? The, the pink one. All right, we've got uh, we got two more to go. Let's do this. Let's give a basket to the mother who has been uh, saved the longest, who gave their heart to the Lord the, uh, a long, long time ago. So you got to do some math, ladies. You got to do some math. Uh, let's start with let's start with thirty years. If you've been uh, in a relationship with Jesus for thirty years, why don't you stand? Let's jump right to 40 years. Anybody? No, we got a bunch at 40 years. Wow, praise the Lord. 45 years. 50 years. What a, what a group. 55 years. 60 years. 65 years. To have one, two, three, four, five. We got six or seven. Oh, we got about oh, probably ten standing. Okay, we're at sixty-five. Can we go to seven? Let's go to seventy years. We've been following the Lord for seventy years. Wow, seventy-five. Mary Lou, how many years? Gave your heart to the Lord eighty-two years ago. Wow. Okay. Oh, thank you, sir. Um, all right, we've got, we've got one more, one more basket. Um, let's, let's find this out this morning. We're going to give this last basket to uh, the, the mother who has attended House of Prayer for the longest period of time. All right, so you got to think how long you've been coming to church here at House of Prayer. I know some of you, uh, I know uh, at least one, I think, will go back to the 50s. Uh, So we'll, we'll see if anybody, we'll see what it goes. So if you have been attending House of Prayer for 30 years and you are a mother, why don't you stand this morning? Said it in the front face, we get to stand up. (laughs) Okay, thirty-five years at House of Prayer. Forty years at House of Prayer. Forty-five years. Uh, Fifty years. (laughs) Fifty-five years. Oh, Miss Francis is over here. 60 years at House of Prayer. 65 years? How long, Susie? Wow, praise the Lord. A yellow one for uh, Miss Susie. Oh, Susie, what was the the years, Kelly? 68 years. 68 years here at House of Prayer. Praise the Lord. I'm going to invite all the moms to come forward uh, at this time. Uh, We've got some begonias that these guys are going to—if each of you guys will grab a flat, you can help pass them out after we pray. James Rains is coming. He's going to pray a prayer of blessing uh, this morning. say boy we are we are blessed here at the church to have uh, just an amazing an amazing group of women here at the church so so blessed and we're so thankful. Father, you are so, so good. We are so blessed here at House of Prayer. We have so much love that is standing right here. And it's only because of you pouring you through them, Father, that is loved, loved, loved. Father, we ask that you would just bless these moms today. Let them know how special they are to each one of us. Father, we ask that you... uh, continue to minister through them, continue to bless them as moms, grandmas, Father, we ask that you just, um, we'll just bless them, Father. We just love you so very much in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, gentlemen, make these women feel loved today. Treat them well. There's, if there's anyone like Hannah who has a burden on their heart and needs to take it to the Lord, come to the front and someone will be glad to pray with you this morning. Love you guys.